following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. We, we just had, well, we almost yeah. just had a very fitting yes. moment yes. Uh, with Troy. Luckily, luckily, my forehead is what it is, a five head, and will bounce things off relatively easily. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers needed more than two hands last oh. night to catch the football. And Troy almost dropped his headphones, but he managed, he bobbled, but he hauled it in for the catch. A lot like Phillip Brooks. Cable, uh, cable hit the knee. And so I tried to pull him out of, as I'm pulling upwards, yeah. But not going to happen when you're around. No, 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 no. Bro. Big heads up. We are going to talk Chiefs football um, in this first hour because a lot of drop issues yesterday. Really, I see it as Kansas City as a second half issue (laughs) as an offense. It's not just necessarily the drops. It's the offense altogether. Can't score points. And I'll give you some numbers here later on in the show. You would be shocked. If I were to get, I'm going to save it for the next segment. But you would be shocked to hear how many points Kansas City is averaging in the second half this season. I know the answer already. Okay, well, hold on. I know. We'll, we'll I'm, not it, it. We'll, we'll I'm not touching it. We'll save it for later. It. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke is on our board today, and our phone number is five three seven thirteen fifty. Uh, phone lines are open, guys. We got Jabroni of the Week coming up in uh, this first hour with Meet the Wildcats as well with Jay Clifton. I, I was very happy when I saw his name on the list for the uh, player availability today at the Veneer Football Complex after Chris Kleiman wrapped up. He's the most charismatic player on the team. Chris Kleiman said it himself. Randon Plattner, long snapper, spoke to the media. We're going to hear a lot of that back. And I, I'm going to have to save this until Christmas. This will be a Christmas present to everybody. Ooh. But I did a Meet the Wildcats with Randon Plattner. Oh, and boy. it was good. Good stuff. And it was good. Yeah. So uh, teaser for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. When, when we roll that out, I think I'm going to save it for the bowl game when I actually air it ah. uh, on PowerCat Game Day. Um. So again, hour number two, we're going to have Randon Plattner on, plus uh, Chris Kleiman, his thoughts on, of course, the KU game, how he felt that was needed for the legacy of this team, this season's team, plus the number one song of the day and ask us anything to wrap her up. Plus, guys, hour number two, I'm giving away two tickets. I got two tickets for tomorrow night's basketball game, K-State hosting the Sugar Bears. I think it's actually just the Bears when it's the men's team, right? Yes, it is. Sugar Bears mm-hmm. and the women's team. Correct. I still think they should all be the Sugar Bears because it's a lot more fun to say. Absolutely. Man. I didn't know they were the Sugar Bears. Out of Central Arkansas. Yeah, if you're going to call the the women's teams Sugar Bears, it should be everybody's Sugar Bear. Were they the Graham Bears? or <laughs> <laughs> The Teddy Grahams? The, the Teddy, Teddy Grahams? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, okay, so giving away those tickets at around 520. So when we wrap up the first segment in hour number two, that's when we'll set it all up. I'll let you have your opportunity, those you listening, your opportunity to call in and win a pair of tickets for tomorrow night's game, which does tip off at 7 o'clock in Bramlage Coliseum. Last game, but of course, before Thanksgiving. Ooh. Uh, and speaking of the Cats, you know, I just kind of want to run down a list of accolades for you because... Last week, in this past weekend, 
was a hell of a week Yeah, for K-State Athletics. Let me just tell you what all happened. Let's start with K-State Volleyball. They sweep Texas Tech. They have now won 18 straight sets at home. Mackenzie Morris, the senior out of Dallas, Texas, recorded her 100th career ace, service ace, 22nd player in school history to hit that milestone. By the way, Mackenzie Morris was named the Defensive Player of the Week in the Big 12. Anaya Clinton named Big 12 Rookie of the Week. K-State men's basketball, they win a a thriller in overtime over in Providence in their first game in the Bahamas, 73-70. They didn't beat Miami, but I love the fight Mm -hmm. in the second half where they scored 55 points. Uh, Plus, signee for this upcoming class, David Castillo, who's now with Sunrise Christian Academy, was named to the preseason watch list Friday for the 2024 Jersey Mike's Naismith Trophy Boys High School Player of the Year Award. Whoa, and that's national. National. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That's a mouthful of an award. Right there. <laughs> and shout out to Jersey Mike's. I love their sodas. Good stuff. <laughs> Mike's way. Uh, K-State football beat KU 31-27 after they are down 11. 15 straight wins of the Jayhawks. Ben Sinnott was one of nine players named nationally to the, as a semifinalist for the 2023 John Mackey Award, which goes to the best tight end in the country. He's the first cat ever to be a semifinalist for that award. Plus, corner Keenan Garber was named um, Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. Boy, what a what an interesting career. I about said weird. Maybe that wasn't fair, but it is a little weird, his journey. Yeah. But it's an interesting career of Keenan Garber, where he has come from to where he is now. And now he's earning special teams of the player of the week honors after that <laughs> uh the blocked extra point return for the two-point conversion by Keenan Garber. Stud run, by the way. That was amazing. Guys, I'm not done there. Oh. I'm not done. I thought you that's all we had. K-State women's basketball. Beats number two Iowa in Iowa City. 65-50, a back-to-back year as they knock off Caitlin Clark. And then a few days later, she's on the Manning cast <laughs> for Monday Night Football. Cats yeah. beat Wisconsin yeah. on Sunday on Sunday afternoon, 75-57 for the fifth time in a career. Aoka Lee was named the Big 12 Conference Player of the Week for the third time in a career. Aoka Lee was named... The Ann Myers-Drysdale National Player of the Week by the United States Basketball Writers Association. The team. uh, Actually, one more for Aoka. She was named National Player of the Week by the Associated Press. The NCAA and ESPN named K-State Women's Basketball the National Team of the Week. And by the way, your K-State women are now ranked 16th in the nation with the newest AP poll. Get it. Get it. Slay. Man, they are good. Beating Wisconsin, I thought there was going to be a hangover. They came. Wisconsin didn't even belong on the court, boy. These cats are good. Now, you're probably thinking, Yeah, I saved the best for last, right? Women's basketball is done there. I'm not done there. What? I'm not done. Oh, my. Bring it. God, what happened? In Chicago. The K-State crop judging team won its 32nd national championship, and they recorded the fifth highest score in 100 years. Don't even mess. 
Don't even come messing with the crop touching team. Okay. Dynasty. Yeah. They were name dropped on college game day on oh. Saturday. Is that even, that's beyond dynasty. That is total annihilation. Yeah, that's an empire. I mean, that's, an, yeah. that's a Roman empire. That is amazing. What would you say? Thir- how many? 32nd National Championship. Damn. So, guys, there's only one way to honor all of that. As Prime Owen. Rib. Prime rib. <laughs> Come on, man. You set it up. Owen oh, cut that. <laughs> a nice ribeye? I mean, uh, you know, tomahawk? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Not with food. Oh, okay. Owen, oh, it's time to get turned. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. And I knew I'd forget something. Gene Taylor gets an extension. Now he's going to make just a shade under a mil a year. Dang. So he's going to be sticking around for a long time. Boy, he's picked a winner in basically every sport. It's amazing. Damn it. Now I'm hungry for steak. Well, whose fault was that, Troy? Dude. Join the cat attack. If you're not a fan of K-State athletics right now, you, you're you missing out because we're winning just straight up. Well, everybody has shared their opinions on uh, the K-State KU game, but I know, Deej, you're probably watching at home with mm. the family trying to keep things under control, <sighs> not let your emotions get the best of you. Oh, my God. I talked about it yesterday, how tense it was at the stadium. Oh, yeah. How tense was it at the Garcia household? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. The lack of uh, the the lack of attention and the lack of actual caring about certain things <laughs> bothers me. I, I mean, because I, I'm trying to build, like I, I'm trying to build little monsters here, like little K State monsters. So I'll be like, Sophia, look the cats. We need them to come on. We got to sh- cheer them on. And she'll go, 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 go K State, and then she'll run away <laughs> and go chase baby. You know, and baby doesn't even care. Maybe it's just tougher to watch. It was tense. It was. Uh, it was very emotional, and it was such a, a like the. That horse collar tackle too, like when they missed that, oh, like, that man, yeah, yeah. I must went ballistic. Brown, yeah. I, I almost went ballistic. Um, I will still say this, like I'll still say this. A lot of people are like, okay, well, that's it. You know, the the uh, gap is narrowed. It's over. They're on the same level. I didn't come away feeling like that. I came away feeling like K State played one of the worst games they've played, especially on the road. They played one of their worst games and still. Came out of there with a victory, and really, like that last drive, I didn't feel bad at all. I, I knew they were going to close it out. I knew they were going to close it out, even with 
KU in the red zone. I just I I could feel it. I could feel the Cats had the momentum. And yeah, like I said, I don't care if it's second, third string, whatever. I mean, the second string guy was available. They still didn't play him, so that's odd. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, didn't Lightpool? Yeah, he said after the game, well, Jason Bede was available, but so it's you know the whole talk about well they beat him with the third string quarterback. So, well, the second was available, so is he really a third string? I don't know. Or but, or as I brought up, look at our middle linebacker core. Yeah, we're down to our seventh middle linebacker. Don't we get to talk about that? You know, and to be honest. They were they really gashed the cats on the run. I mean, it's obvious, but there were some adjustments made, some small adjustments that I think helped K State bounce back in a big way. And yeah, like I said, they didn't cats didn't play very well and still came out there with a road victory against their bitter rival. I got no complaints, but I'm not. I'm also not about to go. Well, the gap is narrowed completely. They're on the same level as us. I don't think so. Well, I finished my rewatch. Of the game last night, and I I wouldn't say it was one of their worst, uh, you know, games. Well, you know, Oklahoma State, I would say, was (sighs) a worse one. Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, K-State had its moments, but also didn't play well for a while. That first half of the defense was not good. Into the second half, not good until those adjustments were made. I loved how Klanerman really went after, not physically, but mentally, in a way, went after Cole Ballard mm-hmm. with the assignments, with the coverage, with the with the looks, shifting things, they were as, disguising things, yeah, disguising yeah. and shifting and changing it up from what the standard look was. That he did a very good job in that. Something also that I brought up middle linebacker, but let's be perfectly honest: you had a starter there who's a freshman that is pushed into duty, essentially being your quarterback defensively. And they made decent adjustments in being able to ease that pressure on him a bit in the second half as well. Well, you when you make those adjustments and you're and you decide we're going to hide things, we're going to change it up, we're going to disguise what we're doing big time. Um, you have to be well coached, and you have to be a good football team to do that. Otherwise, you're going to screw up what you're supposed to do as a defense. And I thought the cats hung in there, man. They really did. Um, I'm so happy. Saturday couldn't have been happier, really. Now, I thought a lot of luck as well was involved the in buffed, the win. The well, left punt, and then and it dropped pick, pick six. six. Yeah, Jeepers, creepers. But that's why the guy plays defense. I was going to ask the question, though, uh, yeah, especially since I've been in the media, um, I've kind of taught myself not to be so emotional like mm-hmm. I used to be mm-hmm. uh, when watching the games. I didn't do a good job of kind of getting over the last game and just moving on to the next I don't know about you guys, but I think as fans, it felt like we went through a 12-round fight and we're still kind of reeling from it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still a little hungover after that after that game. Because mm-hmm. that was an emotional roller coaster for me. I was nervous the whole time. And I'm like, I'm kind of having a hard time getting over it. <laughs> I still keep thinking about, man, what happens if that is return for six or you know there is not the, the, the muff punt we're not talking about a f- winning streak anymore KU beat us and then instead of them being heartbroken we're the ones that are just shattered and the season's probably over that probably ruins the um the career like the the reputation of Will Howard mm-hmm. if, if they were to lose that game that could ruin your reputation things like that like that could have just turned everything upside down and I'm like I'm so like totally grateful that they won but i just keep going back to like what if it didn't happen you know it's oh. kind of a weird kind of a weird way to go 
but we just hadn't seen KU challenge K-State by, especially with them being really talented. There have been a couple of years where both teams weren't that good, yeah, and it was a close game. Yeah. Happened a couple of times at the Bill. For sure. But at Memorial, where KU fans are actually sticking around in the, and it's the fourth quarter, <laughs> hadn't seen that in a while. No, no. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking back to 1612. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to the toilet bowl days when, you know, if you want to talk when neither of them were very good. Well, look, I mean, my I, I've, I've seen K-State lose to KU once in my adult life. And I'm 33. And and like, therein lies the difference. <laughs> I was born in 1990. KU has lost to K-State, what, four, five times right. in my lifetime. That's a crazy Just something I'm not used to. Right. I'm too used to K-State winning KU. And bonking them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, not being like this. Um, I was... I, I have never seen a ground game like that from them, for sure. That was Devin Neal. First 100-yard rusher against K-State in 11 years. Jeez. He was moving. I mean, he was really more physical than everybody on the field. It, that was amazing. Um, I'll tell you what. I saw, um, you know, we have liner notes in the in the studios, and it was a preview for K-State, Iowa State. And I was like, oh, no, they got another game to go. I'm not ready, man. I'm not ready. Tuesday of this, I'm not ready to go. I am not and I hope the Cats, the actual team, is fired up because I can't handle another one, man. I need a week off. And by the way, we could wrap it up on this. Speaking of Iowa State, um, I've been hearing people talk about the forecast. I haven't seen it myself. I haven't looked that far ahead. But I uh, yeah. was telling me at the press conference that somebody's reporting one to three inches of snow is a possibility. Oh. Some Someone is. National Weather Service was just saying a 20% chance of rain-snow mix. As of this morning, well, it's gonna be cold. We know that it's definitely gonna be cold. Yeah, it's it's, uh, 19 is the overnight low, so it's it's gonna be a bit 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 chilly. Well, and of course, Saturday night, you know, back to back senior days, we have a seven o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so already a kick. The sun's gonna be definitely down. It's gonna be really cold Mm -hmm. by the time the game kicks. So bundle up. There's your warning. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, actually want to talk Kansas City Chiefs football because man, did they blow it. It was one. It was in front of one of the biggest Monday Night Football audiences ever. Whoa! That's coming up next on the game. It's the game on K Man. Mitch Fortner, <laughs> Troy Coverdale, David Geo, and Burke. Kornheiser confirming that what we've already all known. Actually, we need to change the channel. He's a big turkey. Turkey. There we go. What's up? We got Maui now on the television. There we are. Good old Chaminade, who uh, a little bit of a pain for KU in the first half last night. Had they shot the ball any better, it would have been an interesting matchup, actually. What did they? Isn't there two top? The, the semifinals in Maui are two top ten matchups. Yes. Is that right? I have to go. Obviously, KU is there. Purdue beat Gonzaga. Um, so you have Tennessee Purdue, which is two versus seven, and then KU Marquette, one versus four, semifinals in Maui. First one is seven o'clock tonight on ESPN. The Maui, but in Honolulu. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzaga uh, won earlier today for Syracuse, seventy-six to fifty-seven. So the other, uh, I I, I know Owen. Going. It makes you shake your head, but it's it it has to be noted. It does. No, you're 100% because right. Because they're not in the high school gym in Maui this I year. I kind of like it there more it's than the this details. arena. It's the details. 
Uh, speaking of uh, college hoops, K-State men hosting Central Arkansas tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. I got a pair of tickets I'm going to give away in less than an hour at about 5.20 uh, is when I'll be giving those pair of tickets away for tomorrow night against Central Arkansas. K-State men back at home in Bramlage Coliseum. So the Kansas City Chiefs, real nail-biter last night. Kind of a low-scoring game for these two teams, I would think. Uh, good defensive play, but the Eagles come back down 17-7 to at the half to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 21-17. to Nobody can stop. Everybody can't stop talking about Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropping the 45-yard down-the-middle pass from Patrick Mahomes to Scantling, who... In a way, had to die for it a little bit, but it hit him right in the hands, both hands. He drops it as he goes over the goal line. Arrowhead Stadium is shot. Wasn't the only drop of the night. Justin Watson dropped a fourth and 25. That was right in his hands. It was in his hands. Bad prevent defense from the Eagles. Travis Kelsey had a drop on a short little route, little out route, which should have picked up a first down. On third down, he drops it. They go right back to him for a fourth down conversion to keep the drive alive late in the game. Drops have been an issue for Kansas City um, this season. Chiefs are now 7-3 and three, uh, on the year. But they've now lost two of their last three. I mentioned when they picked up McCole Hardman. It wasn't the most exciting pickup in the world, no doubt about that. His last year with Kansas City wasn't very good. But I was like, you know, they, they, need, a, they need a burst. They need a spark from somebody. At least this guy knows the the playbook. He knows Patrick. They have some sort of chemistry. Let's see what he can do. Well, he hasn't been that great. And well, special teams have like you know been whatever. It hasn't been that eventful from McCole Hardman. Nothing has really changed. They do have a drops issue, but I also see it as it's just it's a second half issue for this offense. They can't score points. In the last three games, do you know how many points Kansas City has in the second half in their last three games? Seven. Zero. What? Kansas City has not scored in the second half in the last three games. And they weren't scoring much anyway in the second half already this year. No. But it this killed the average of the last three games. Kansas City this season is now just scoring 5.3 points in the second half. It's been brutal trying to score and... Doesn't also help Kansas City win two for four in the red zone mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at, I mean, besides if you take the Chicago game out of it, this offense has been nearly unwatchable. They they have they have struggled. The Miami game was one on a defensive play against Tyreek Hill. That I mean, that's it. They they've been terrible on offense. Got nothing else. It really boils down to that they played a game of risk in giving Mahomes the contract that they have given him, thinking that, well, we can get him wide receivers that will be low cost, but will be able to catch the ball. This is what happens when you pay your quarterback $500 million and you spend five on your wide receivers. No, not $5 million, $5, <laughs> essentially, because that's where you, you sit. It's why they let Tyreek Hill go. It's that recognition that, okay, we can make this happen with Patrick. We just have to fill in the parts. Mm-hmm. 
And I think they spent money on the offensive line, too, which is a good investment. You have to keep your quarterback upright. But I don't feel like they've been playing. Joe Thune got a massive deal. And it's not that he's been bad. But if you're going to be one of the highest paid guards in the league, like we need to be a top five offensive line. They haven't played that way. And I don't think it's a terrible thought process. You have the best quarterback in the game. We should be able to elevate a couple guys. But I think drops have been an issue league-wide. Baltimore had a really bad game earlier on in the year. Quentin Johnston dropped a game one or two this week. So I don't know what's in the air, but Chiefs got a heavy dose of it on, on Monday night, unfortunately. It, it almost makes you wonder if they need to go the Major League Baseball approach and look into how the balls are being made. <laughs> There's got to be something. There's got to be an answer. Tom, Tom Brady saying that uh, that the game is full of mediocrity. Yeah, kind of rings true when you look at that aspect of it right now. Rashi Rice has to like he has to be on the field at all the time. All the time. That that's the only guy that got is that is worth anything. That's been as the consistency. Say uh, for Kelsey. I mean, really, yeah. it's those two guys. Well, he's definitely your number two. I I, 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 I know Kansas City Chiefs fans still feel like maybe they don't have a number two. I think Rishi Rice is your number two guy. He is. It's not going to be Kadarius Tony. No, it's just not him. McCole Hardman, since his return to Kansas City, has eight catches for forty-one yards. Has done nothing in his return. No, he's not the answer. Explains why he didn't even play in a couple of games for the Jets for crying out loud. The Jets mm-hmm. who need all the help they can get. Uh, but but along those lines, Kelsey's not been all that great here these last few weeks either. Well, maybe we put the blame on Taylor Swift. She didn't make it. And he plays his best football when she's in the building. And I was going to go with the aspect that he went and saw her in Buenos Aires over the weekend. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought Travis Kelsey still had a, a nice day. It wasn't bad. Seven catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. He had nine, on nine targets. And the late fumble. I mean, yes, the fumble and the drop. was a bit uncharacteristic. Yeah. It's I, I it's like one of those things that the sky isn't falling, but it's just been a pattern all season. Like their offense is just it is not there. They do not look like, look like the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's be perfectly honest, though. There is only one team in the league right now that has been consistent offensively week in, week out, and that's the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even San Francisco, which got off to such the great start with their offense, has plummeted back a bit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's Miami right now that is running roughshod offensively. The Cowboys have picked up a few big wins, but... Then they turn around and they stub their toe at times. Well, their defense has been, I think, better than expected ever since Diggs went out with his injury. Um, In Kansas City, I mean, the the Dallas, rather, I mean, the last two games they've, but they've also been taking advantage of, they do a great job. They're like K State. When they have a weaker team on the schedule, they beat their butt, they They pound them, they kill them. It's no contest. But the close games, the Eagles earlier on the schedule, the 49ers, and also the other loss for Dallas was that ugly game against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they have Dallas definitely has more weapons than the Chiefs do. But the Chiefs, I felt like they were the better team last night. I thought for the most part they were the better team. Kansas City could still move the football. There was just at times they couldn't finish. Yeah. Um, but defensively, I mean, Chris Jones was just – incredibly good last night. They Drew Tranquil was really good last night. Mm-hmm. Their defensive backs, uh, McDuffie, was, looked awesome. Yeah, Duffy was good. Yeah, I I love McDuffie. I really wanted Baltimore to pick him up. That's yeah. the thing that's so uncharacteristic about this team. They can't score. The defense is probably playing the best football that 
they've played in the last five to ten years. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is like a, arguably a top five, top ten defense right now, and mm-hmm. they just can't find the end zone offensively. So they definitely need a spark, and McColl's not it. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but if they get a jolt at the right – and it could be one of those things where they're kind of cold right now, but if they heat up in the last four weeks going into the playoffs, I mean, this team could beat anybody Look still. Out. By the way, spe- Troy, you brought up offense. You know, Speaking of offense, the, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. been kind surprisingly. of surprisingly like pretty consistent for the most part. I've actually watched much of them the last few weeks, but I know they statistically right now the Lions have one of the best offenses in the National Football League. Big and they've part, only lost twice, I think. And the big part of that is you've got Amon St. Brown, St. Rob, Amon Ross St. Brown. There, you go. there we go. Uh, who is dominating and, and almost playing Calvin Johnson esque in some ways. Well, they were they were able to spend money on their offensive line. They were able to spend money on, you know, they have those top picks. That Gibbs kid is awesome. David Montgomery comes in, short-yarded specialist. They have that Laporta guy for the tight end. Their defense is tight. They got Jared Goff on a deal. They really stole him. It's like when somebody has a car that they mistreat. And a, and a mechanic is able to take it and fix it up and go, hey, this thing ain't so bad. And you go, it isn't that bad, great, great is it? An, it's great, just me. As soon as you start saying that, I was like, this is a great analogy. You know what yeah, I mean? Go, like, yes. he, he, Jared Goff, they haven't had to, they didn't, because I thought when they made that trade, oh, what they're going to do is in the next draft, they're going to pick a quarterback. They haven't had to do that. They have been able to sit back and let this guy cook. And he's got that sometimes, though, too, where, some games you go, oh boy, there's Jared Goff, there's the guy I know. And then sometimes you go, that guy looks amazing. Yeah, he had that game against Baltimore. It's probably the only really bad game they had. Baltimore was up 28 nothing before they got a first down in that game. Other than Ooh. that, they've been red hot. And I remember when that trade happened, Like I was like, well, Jared Goff's going to Detroit to die. Here yeah, we go. That's, the yeah, career's yeah, over. Right. We're done for, but uh-huh. they've. I give them all credit in the world. I'm curious how they succeed when Ben Johnson gets a head coach job. But you notice though how quiet it got. By the way, very quickly with what the Lions are doing, where some of the A and M folks started going, "Ooh, can we bring him home? Can we bring him uh, home?" That's gotten quiet very quick. You're not hearing anything out of the A and M camp right now. Oh, I can't believe it started talking in the first place. You're like, this guy got the Lions to what eight and two now, and you think you're going to lure him back to college football? I don't. This uh, this guy has one of the historically worst NFL teams ever playing, the best they've played in twenty years, and you think you're going to lure him out? That's just you, there was you, never. You think a you're going to lure him to mediocrity? No, <laughs> not going to happen. Hey, I I'll tell you though. I mean. They can foot a $76 million bill. I mean, they got some cash. You never know. I mean, it's it's not unheard of, you know. They they might say, come on home, Dan. Come on home. So, oh. Sky Moore a bust or? Uh... Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would. Uh, well, I mean, I still think it's early, but it's definitely leaning that way. When you can't separate yourself from that group, you need help, man. You You need to go back to square one. Figure out what made you a special player because that's what's happening in practice and in games. Skymore doesn't look any different than any of those guys. After working on what he needed to after year one, his rookie year, and his step up to be a more of an asset, you should not be the sixth leading receiver on your team. No, no, no. Luckily for Kansas City, they at least found somebody in the next year's draft in the second round to be a little bit better. He's the real deal. Rashi Rice is the real deal. He's good. Um, And thank God. For Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, man. I mean, otherwise, (laughs) 
That's what Pat should do is just check it down. Just check it down. All right, we need to take a break. And when we come back, by the way, coming up at around 520, I'm giving away two tickets, K-State Men's Hoops tomorrow night, hosting Central Arkansas at 7. If you can definitely use the tickets and go to the game, get ready to win at 520. Jabroni of the Week is coming up next. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You jabronis hit the jackpot. That Hollywood brand jabroni, Hulk Hogan. Ow. Is this jabroni's name? Jabroni of the week. All right, boys and girls, here we go. I'll start out with my three dishonorable mentions this week, and I will culminate with my jabroni of the week. By the way, I I did not put the Big 12 in here. Uh, (laughs) Technically, K-State would be, like by definition, the jabroni, but... So we're not going to go there uh, because of the rule change uh, with the tiebreaker stuff. So my first dishonorable <laughs> mention, I'm going to go to Auburn football. They had a real embarrassing loss, Ooh. even though Jerry Kill's New Mexico State Aggies are pretty good this year. The Aggies went into Auburn and beat the Tigers 31-10. to Auburn was a 25-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite. Now the Aggies, they're into the Conference USA Championship game against Liberty. Uh, but they had lost, historically, their first 27 meetings against the SEC. And by the way, Auburn paid them $1.85 million to play that game. Jeez. My next dishonorable mention is going to go to sideline reporter Carissa Thompson. Why did you admit this? She was on a podcast, pardon my take, whatever, and uh, she was telling stories and uh, talking about how she does things on air. And then she's like, I've said this before. I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late and I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. And she's like, no coach is going to get mad at me for saying like, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves, need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over, yada, yada, yada. I mean, sideline reporters came out of the woodwork shut that down and how it's unethical you're going to ruin the trust of these coaches and players they trust us with sensitive information we need to deliver it the right way and i'm like absolutely Mm -hmm. but if you're doing this why are you telling everybody and she said she has said this before great good job you got away with this not going viral maybe we're not a big enough show and this would blow up well now it's blown up and now Carissa Thompson will never be able to live this down because nobody's going to lo- no longer trust her. What an idiot. And on top of that, she essentially put one of her best friends in the crosshairs in Aaron Andrews, who does a podcast with her. I did not know that. Oh. You must have a real solid jabroni of the week for that not to be one. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm waited. Here, my last dishonorable mention. Oh, and you're going to know this name. Maybe you heard about this is WWE wrestler Becky Lynch. So Becky, on Wednesday night with actor Macaulay Culkin and comedian Rachel Dratch, were on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. So they actually do three rounds before Final Jeopardy. There's Jeopardy round, Double Jeopardy, and then there's Triple Jeopardy. Well, when they got to Final Jeopardy, uh, Becky Lynch was in the red, minus 500. Now, she did get a couple of questions correct in... Um, the triple jeopardy round, but she did not get a single answer correct in the first two rounds of jeopardy. And according to a jeopardy answer, Twitter account that keeps tabs on the history of jeopardy. They say that she is the first person to ever blank the full board, the full board in the first two original rounds of jeopardy. Oh no. Wow. Oh no. 
That does not do any justice for wrestlers. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I was like, going to say that well, that's not a good look for wrestling. No. no. Well, I don't know if it's a bad look for wrestling. Oh, she's Irish. Is. I don't know if yeah. she's like, she, does Irish. she know Jeopardy? Does she? Uh, <laughs> did they create triple Jeopardy? Does she know how clickers work? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did they create a clicker for her out of a potato? <laughs> Becky. What is the capital of Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> Becky, no one how else. do you pour a Guinness? <laughs> Actually, more people should know how to yeah, do that. Really, that's true. Because it's always messed up. Yeah, not right. Uh, my my Jabroni of the Week, though, is going to go, and maybe, Deej, you heard about this, UFC fighter Jonathan Pierce. Yeah, I did. Um, so this real Southern boy, right? Mm-hmm. This was hilarious, man. I should have pulled the audio, but he, he got some instant <laughs> karma <laughs> At UFC Vegas 82, this was on Saturday afternoon, so during the second round of the fight, he's in his fight with Joe Anderson Brito. Am I saying that right? Yep, Brito. Uh, and Jonathan Pierce is in top position, there, but they're kind of tangled up, and Brito, Brito, start punching Pierce in the back of the head. Well, Pierce starts complaining to the ref, hey, ref, he's punching me in the back of the head. And and Brito is like, no, no, no. Well, he's already tattling on him. That's that's right. number that's one. Up. And then, still in top position, Jonathan Pierce decided to say, get up and do something. And not only did he say that, he said, get up and do something, boy. I was like, well, oh. I, we may have a racist on our hands here because <laughs> John Brito, uh, Joe Anderson Brito is not a white guy. Um. So what does Brito do? He fights out, gets up, and literally 15 seconds later, chokes him out. Ninja choke, dude. Hardcore. Like, not an easy one to pull off and just see ya. So, sorry, Jonathan Pierce. You can't tattle to the referee and then tell your opponent to get up and do something. And then 20 seconds later, get choked out. (laughs) I thought that was tailor-made, by definition, checking all the boxes, Jabroni of the week. Yeah, I, I. That's a good pick. I think you got the order right on that one, dude. And everybody knows you. You can say they're like boy. You don't say boy. Boy, what's up, boy? Get up, boy. That B O I is different than B O Y. You can't call people boy. You just can't do it. You say boy. What's up, boy? But that was awesome. I mean, next time if you're going to do it, just go ahead and use another word. <laughs> Any other word, punk. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if you're going to cross the line, just cross the line. For sure. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the hour with some Meet the Wildcats with linebacker Jake Clifton next. Meet the Wildcats with Jake Clifton. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? It's Marcus Mariota. I watched him since he was in Oregon and followed him all the way through the NFL. So that's the guy. So when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be, so my dad was in the military and he was in the Air Force and the Army. So seeing him come back and uh, really inspired me to be in the military, honestly. Music, guilty pleasure. Everyone's talking about her right now. T Swift. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is. Um, came from my mom and it's smacking at the table it's the smallest thing um there's loud smackers or small smackers but they are smackers still what is something you're afraid of snakes when i was a kid i thought i thought i could be tough until i saw one and then been my fear ever since <laughs> favorite tv show of all time 
My favorite TV show of all time is Naruto Shippuden. If you could visit any foreign country, where would you want to go? Um, probably Mexico. If you were to cook, what's your best dish? My best dish would be a fancy eggs and sausage. Do you throw anything in the eggs? I know, salt and pepper. My mom, I think she throws uh, cream cheese in there. Some milk, maybe make it powdery. I don't know. Experiment with that. No cheese? No cheese on top. Cheese on top for sure. You have a podcast recommendation. Back to the T-Swift thing. Um, New Heights. Have you have you listened to them? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Good guess. Good guess. Do you have a favorite holiday? I do. It's Halloween. Just the time of year, you know, the feel, the weather, the costumes. Growing up, did you have a favorite costume? I don't know about favorite, but one I remembered so specifically. I was Ash Ketchum and third through like sixth grade every day when we dressed up at school do you have any bad habits gas station getting just things i don't need like today i just got three bags of candy for what reason last one who's winning the super bowl this year like i said i was a marcus Mariota fan he went to tennessee i know he's not there anymore but that's been my team Tennessee's gonna make it happen somehow I think that's a stretch. Jake, (laughs) thank you for your time, and uh, best of luck tonight. (laughs) All right, that's uh, that's Jake Clifton. (laughs) Love his personality. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. Anime. Pulling an anime track as his favorite TV show. I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. Very nice. That, and he said, Ash Ketchum. When he said Ketchum, I was like, that's got to be Pokemon. Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Ask this guy. He knows. I'm not a huge Pokemon. I was back I in the day. Yeah, Way yeah, back yeah. in the day. Did you catch them all? I didn't. No, I, didn't. I, gave up, I gave up too early. <laughs> you got to be Jake Paul to catch them all. That's right. Uh, all right. Coming up in hour number two at around 520, giving away two tickets. K-State men's basketball tomorrow night hosting Central Arkansas. Your chance to win is about 520-ish, so make sure you're tuned in for that. If you can use the tickets and go tomorrow night. Plus, we're going to hear from K-State head coach Chris Kleiman and long snapper Randon Plattner. We'll talk about... Uh, leading the band at KU on Saturday. That's next to Social Local News.